Welcome to Make It, Share It, the podcast where we explore the simple but profound process to overcome fear, doubt, perfectionism, and more enemies of creativity. Make it and share it. We'll talk to creators of all kinds, from artists and writers to entrepreneurs and inventors, to learn about their creative process, the challenges they faced, and how they overcame them by making and sharing. Whether you're an artist, entrepreneur, or someone who wants to create but feels stuck, this podcast is for you. Creativity, meet courage. All right, hey everybody, welcome back to Make It, Share It, the podcast where we're exploring creativity, meeting courage, and super excited to have our guest today, Nathan Knuckles. Uh, welcome, Nathan, to the show. Hey, thanks. Thanks for having me. Good to see yeah, everybody then, in their little uh, squares. I love it. <laughs> A little piece of everyone here in the background. And then joined by Lauren Chandler and Stephen Cooper, as always. Yep. Hello, hey guys. So, yeah, today we're excited to get to know Nathan a little bit. Nathan is a husband. He's a father, a songwriter, producer, and composer, among other things. Um, I know for me, as I've been kind of reading a bit about you, Nathan, I, I what I really see uh, without knowing you well is just that you, it seems like you've been an advocate for uh, other artists and a developer of other artists, including your wife, Christy. Uh, so I'm sure we'll talk about that some as well. But today in particular, we're going to talk about making and sharing his new album, Everywhere the River Goes. Uh, so excited to hear about that, uh, his work as a composer on that and as a solo artist. So if you're familiar with the show, uh, we're going to do what we always do, which is just to start, kind of go back to formation. So much of who we are, who we become happens in our formative years. Uh, so we just always like to start the show with like, is there something when you look back and think about where you are today as an artist uh, that was particularly forming, maybe a teacher, uh, a book you read, an experience you had, uh, just mm -hmm. something that really changed the way you think, live and relate in the world? Yeah, you're starting lightweight here. Yeah, like which favorite <laughs> it's color? Kind of it's like, what's that one thing? And I can't, I can't help, I can't ignore the Home Alone Lego yeah. house in the background there. <laughs> Thank you. Because so good. we actually put that one together uh, this last Christmas. So that's dude. I did too. Yeah. Now, now, my, did you get the light kit? Uh, I have not kit? yet. That is my next uh, on, goal bro. for the project. Let's did you step it up? You, yes, you guys did that. <laughs> yeah, we did. Oh. I mean, that was the hardest part of the whole thing. <laughs> so it's probably good you took a year off and then jumped into the light. Yeah, so. it's subtle behind me up above the, I can't really do my hands right, but with the McLean Stadium, which is Baylor University's football stadium, was oh, wow. the hardest thing I've ever done in my life, probably, wow. honestly. It's like yeah. little foco pieces, which are like a oh quarter the size of Lego pieces with no directions. No, so, bye. Yeah. Nope. So long. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no. Okay. Formidable. Yeah, I would say if relating to music, I was raised uh, playing keyboards in church. And so I specifically remember uh, going up. We it's, it's so great. I grew up in Oklahoma City and our uh, worship leader. I mean, I don't even I don't know if she was called the worship leader. I, we did. I don't know if we had those terms back mm -hmm. then, but mm -hmm. this was like in the 80s. Yeah. And uh, her name was Wanda. And uh, I remember going up to Wanda and I remember she would always be playing the songs and singing 
But I would look at what she was looking at and it was, you know, what is very familiar to all of us now. It's just the lyrics with the chords above it. And I remember asking Wanda, I was probably in fifth grade, how do you know, like, you keep playing stuff on the piano. How do you know what you're playing? Like, how do you know what to play? There's no music. There's no notes or anything. And she was like, oh, well, you know, there, and I was really confused by the C slash E, you know, it's like, why do I play a C chord or an E chord or all that? Mm -hmm. So yeah, she explained to me, yeah, I just play a C chord in my right hand an E note in my left hand. And then I just play a bunch of you know, any note that's in the C chord, I just kind of play that in different inversions, kind of up and down the piano. And, and I, I remember it was like black and white to color. Yeah. It was like, what? You don't have to have notes tell you what to play, but you could actually say, Hey, play a C chord. And then you could just ramble for an hour, even a one chord. And it just, yeah. So I would, that was a pretty formidable, formidable shift. And that set me off, you know, five years of me in my room, you know, ignoring my friends with my keyboard and, you know. That's great. Yeah. There's another, you've told another like formative moment and it, I think it had to do with, and hopefully you're okay sharing this. Yeah, I can do, always edit stuff out. Okay, Oops. it had to do with you playing. Okay, I think yeah. you had, so this is fast forward. I can't remember when it was. Um. And then there was like this, this man that came over and put his hands on oh, you. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah that was pretty, spiritually, that? that was very formidable. Okay. It was okay. um, it, in Oklahoma City, Christy and I and Charlie Hall were leading at this conference. And uh, there was this one gal, this lady in our church, and she was just like really aggressive in a really great way. Like, you and you need to meet and you and you need to write a song together and you and you need to take a trip. And, you know, she was just that person and she was awesome. Uh, she pointed out to this older man, his name was uh, Tom Davis. I mean, gosh, back then he wasn't, he was probably in his mid thirties, but I mean, he was like, what? Uh, he had kids and stuff. Uh, but he was like, she was like, Hey Tom. And he was a, a, a worship leader. And I think a, a producer and and, hey. and i was just this is a 95 christy and i had been married for one year hey. i'm up there playing during ministry time just kind of dinking around and uh she said tom you need to go pray for uh nathan and he's up there playing right now i want you to play, pray for him so you know he I, I was up there playing you know people are praying and milling around and you know uh it was a fairly in, it wasn't a super intense spiritual moment but it was it was kind of getting there but uh I remember Tom coming up behind me and it would, there was just that awkward. He was like, Hey man, uh, I'm Tom. And, uh, uh, her name was Kay. He said, Kay, uh, asked me to come up here and pray for you. Is that cool? You know, he's like, yeah, you know, whatever. So I'm like 22 or whatever, but I'm playing. And he, yeah, I just remember him putting his hands on me. He was behind me. I'm still playing, looking out at the stage and, uh, yeah, he's just praying very general things. God, just thank you for his life. Thank you for the gift of music. And thank you for how yeah, you've gifted him. Just pray that you would, you know, just be in his story and carry him to great things, you know. Uh, yeah. And then I know if I, I, if there's like a spiritual blackout, uh, <laughs> I remember 
it was like maybe 20, I'm not a crier. It was maybe 20 minutes later. I remember uh, not playing anymore and sobbing and crying. Mm -hmm. And I remembered this Tom guy, he, he had reached all the way around me. So his arm was like this, like holding me like that. And he was just, sorry, one say, mm -hmm. um, yeah, he was just praying very specific things and how mm -hmm. his mantle would be passed on to me and this whole, these generational prayers and, uh, you know, and then not exaggerating, it was probably, yeah, 15, 20 minutes. And, mm -hmm. uh, yeah. And then I think we all have all had those moments, whether we're writing, whether we're, uh, leading worship at our church or in a conversation where the veil that's usually in front of our eyes gets lifted for like a minute mm -hmm. and we see our spouse or we hear music or a lyric for a split second. We're like, whoa, what was, what is that? What is that? That's kind of what that was. It was like a 15 minute, the veil lifted for a minute. Mm -hmm. And, uh, this Tom Davis guy was praying for me. I saw him. Years later, uh, I don't think I brought it up. It was at One Day 2000 in oh, yeah. Memphis. And uh, I remember I was like, man, I think that, that's that Tom Davis guy. Actually, I think I didn't have a chance to go talk to him. But uh, if I saw him today, I would tackle him. Be like, dude, here's the guy. <laughs> yeah. That's fantastic. Yeah. I love no, that story. So good. Glad you asked about that, Lauren. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it reminds me of the Ethan Hawke story, which I'll link to. Um, I know I shared with you uh, and Lauren, or Coop and Lauren, but just the, he's talking about why art, you know, why beauty, and just references at those moments that you're talking about that we, the veil's lifted, and there's just, we see deeper than we normally see. And obviously we're, we're you know, can't always make that happen, you know, as we're making there's a part of that that is the divine coming in as we make and then release um, where that has to happen. Spirit moves. But um, I really, I love that clip from Ethan and yeah. uh, what you just said there reminds me of that. So yeah, I remember Thanks that. Sure. I've, I've seen that clip. I, I love yeah. that. Yeah. My uh, only story like that, that some of you people might know is I'm one, I'm not a touchy feely kind of guy. Hey, with and you, our, man. It, okay. So, you know, I like my personal space. I'm not, a, I'm not a touchy guy. And our power went out at church. This is at Northway. You know, there's 700 people there. The lights are out, but there's windows everywhere. So you can kind of see it. So we, we all go grab acoustic guitars to lead worship sitting on the edge of the stage with acoustic. So now I'm not playing bass. I'm playing acoustic. Steve Harden, has to be Steve Harden, sits right next to me, just singing so loud and in a key that does not exist, but with the most joyful heart ever, right? So I'm just trying to play a guitar, which I don't play. Yeah. I've got this going. And then he starts hugging me while I'm playing guitar. So instantly my, <laughs> right. I have a fever. I'm just like, this is, I wouldn't want to be hugged like this, not in front of 700 people while playing guitar and trying to lead worship. And then he starts praying and everything just became okay. Yeah. And I'm just playing and I'm like nuzzled with Steve Harden. <laughs> and I had people that knew me and they were like, what was going on there? I was like, I have no idea. I don't know, man. <laughs> but it went from 
my worst nightmare to amazing, mm-hmm. like in a matter yeah. of seconds, only because it was Steve Hart. Yeah. Steve can get away with that. Oh, yeah. hundred percent. hundred percent. Well, so funny. Let's flash forward to this project. And I'm sure as we mm-hmm. talk about it, we might hit some of the things all in between there. Um, you've had a great career and we'll, we'll link to your Instagram and, and some other things where people can follow you. Um, but we, today we really did want to talk about the making and sharing of everywhere the river goes, uh, what that experience has been like. So, um, the first part of making, I would love just to start with like, where did the idea come from your, you know, as you're, uh, going through your typical creative process and all the work you do, what was the spark Mm -hmm. for this album? The spark initially was, uh, Christy was writing a book and I know Lauren, you can super relate to this. She was having a hard time finding music or soundtracks that would, um, that would kind of just kind of push her along in her creative endeavors and not so much like the music, not like, Hey, pay attention to me, check out my huge Epic bridge, you know, (laughs) check out the timpani and, you know, and then you're diverted and then you start listening rather than. She just wanted to find uh, just music that just kind of pushed things along a little bit. Mm-hmm. And she and it, she was caught and then she wouldn't even realize that the music was still going 40 minutes later. And it's it sounds easy, but I, th- well, and Lauren, you know, Christy, she's just like um, in a great way. She's got really good taste. She's just super picky. So she just doesn't <laughs> listen to music. It's like if she listens to something, it's got to be like great, you know, mm-hmm. on all on all fronts. Mm-hmm. Um, so the tough part was like, okay, well, I think there is a gap there as far as the ministry music, or if someone would call it vibe music, or just music to drive to, or just peaceful music, or an artist to paint to. Um, how do you make it like not cheesy and not like a spa? you know, or like, or it sound like thin and cheap, you know, um, I think we can all relate in this crowd, uh, with like a really long ministry time. And I think what's really big right now is a lot of guys will just trigger a drone. The drone Mm -hmm. will just go and then they'll start playing on that. Um, I, and I I think we've all probably felt it. Sometimes the drone, you're kind of like, Oh my gosh, turn the drone off. (laughs) It's like there's one note going, you know, and it just doesn't stop. And you're like, oh, my gosh, just shift something or do something. (laughs) Um, And I've had a ton of practice at that over at that for 20 plus years, just playing behind speakers and playing for ministry times. But it's funny. uh, I would always take those ministry moments like super seriously. I've played a a massive amount probably Louis Giglio is probably the guy I've played behind the most. And he would just do that thing where we get out of, you know, worship time. He come up to do his talk where they're at passion or church or whatever. And he would always give me that, you know, kind of, Hey, just, you know, and just keep playing. Yeah. I'm like, Oh, well, all right. We're in for it now. We We're go. going the, the whole talk, <laughs> you know? So we go worship time. Then we go an hour talk and then we go ministry time after that. So I'm up there a while, but, I would be just so dialed in to what he's saying. And I'm creating this movie in my mind of I'm listening to his points and I'm like, oh, okay. I see where he's 
going. Mm-hmm. I see his where he's kind of going with this. So I'm going to never, for example, I'll, I'm never going to hit the one chord. I'm mm-hmm. just going to go four over six, five over seven, mm-hmm. four, you know, <laughs> two minor, six minor, you know, and then kind of flip around that for a while. And then when he lands on his thing, his point, I'll hit that one, you know, not loud, not dramatic, but I think it, there's a little bit of a shift, you know, and, but I've been doing that for like 15, 18 years. And I'm just so like, I want it to be like, but, and the thing is, is I get off the stage and literally nobody cares. Like nobody comments. Nobody's like, dude, you hit that one chord. in the presence of the Lord draw, you know, no one cares, which is great. Uh, it's it's fine. I'm just in my own world. So all that to say, fast forward, Christy's writing book. Gosh, I wish there was music that just kind of, you know, she was like, you know, kind of like when you play behind people and there's something melodic about it, but it's not a fast, snappy melody. It's just a slow moving melody and you just kind of shift here and there. And then I, I'll have like live, I'll have like three or four different drones that I kind of sneak in and out. Then I'll pull them all out, pull a pad up, pull the pad out. Drone number four, you know, kind of just, oh, it's always kind of shifting. So she's like, there's something that's just always kind of shifting and it never stops for like an hour. So that was kind of the gauntlet. Christy's like, can you do that? You know? Easy. And uh, yeah, so I just kind of jumped in and that was kind of the, the genesis of it. And then I got into it and it was really fun. And I mean, it was maybe a week and a half. It was kind of like falling off a log. I was like, oh, wait. Yeah. And I play stuff for Christy. I'm like, is this too spa-ish? You know, she was like, she was like, as long as you stick to like, no like keyboardy sounds, like yeah. piano, cello, acoustic guitar, violin, viola. She's like, you're good, you know? Mm-hmm. So, or she would always be like, oh, it sounds a little scary. You know, no, I don't want to be scary or ominous. You know, yeah. she's like, this sounds like there's a choir or something. I'm like, no, I don't. Okay. No. Yeah. Cause that would be the, wouldn't that yeah. be the worst? You're just, you got someone locked down there yeah. listening to my record, they're painting. And then like, they start like looking behind them. Yeah, like, like, yeah. Freaked, freaked out. But I always was- joke, like anytime I get a massage, I'm listening and I try to honor that I'm, I'm honoring some poor guy who has his master's of performance with the pan flute. Totally. (laughs) And he, he has an MBA from like UNT. This guy was in the one o'clock like jazz band for the pan flute. And And if you listen to it, he's killing it. Killing it. It's amazing. Bro, you're doing such a good job. And I'm, it's just tough, man. That that (laughs) instrument's just kind of locked into a certain thing in our psyche. And we're like, nope. Yep. You're (laughs) first. Oh, man, that is. I love how, you know, even as I heard you share about um, what Louie wanted from you, what Christy wanted, and you even thinking through the chords and I'm not going to ever go to the one because that feels resolved, mm-hmm. you know, um, <clears throat> how there's just the the ingredients of the two people that really spoke or showed you something that was real formative, like, K, well, not K. Wait, Wanda, Wanda. Wanda. You know those yeah. those poor. She she was like introducing you to that yeah. whole new world that you just you've not just lived in. You've built a whole town in. You know. Yeah. And then um and then K bringing Tom over and and how I think 
you know, those, no one does notice, but there is something happening, like mm-hmm. in the atmosphere as you are playing that does, it, it, it does um, make it hospitable for like the Holy Spirit to move in. Yeah. Um, gosh, I think about that live, like at If mm-hmm. Gathering um, yeah. at Passion. Um, but then also now it's carried over into this project where mm. it's not just you have to be in a live space with Nathan Knuckles, but now you get to experience some of that. Yeah. You know, at the coffee shop, at mm-hmm. desk, you know, wherever. I just, I, I love how um, all of this, all of that is woven together mm. in this project. Yeah. Yeah. Thank that. I mean, that was, yeah, that was, that was the goal. And, I do, I am drawn towards, uh, and I feel for these keyboard players that are up there, you know, playing for, you know, some many, many minutes, sometimes hours. And, mm-hmm. but usually what I want to do is I want, I want to go up there and be like, Hey, snap out of it. Like, look at the people out there and like yeah. find some lady's face, you know, yeah. and, and look at her and see what's going on. And then be the soundtrack to the emotion on her face. It's a yeah. big deal what you're playing. And a lot of times I know we get lost and I do too. Like, Hey, let's see if we can put in a sneak in a Def Leppard song. And, you know, which is like, whatever, but maybe let's like take it farther and like yeah. make some art out of it. It doesn't need to be wallpaper. It can be art. Yeah. yeah. I think too, something you mentioned there that I always think about my best worship experiences so like in an acting or comedy standpoint, like back at Baylor, when we would do live comedy stuff, um, the goal for us, we had the script written, we had done the performance a few times. So we used to say all the time, all we care about was trying to make the other people in our group laugh on stage. Mm-hmm. So I would always try to step it up, reduce, I, I, my character would have a different name that we've never used in rehearsal. Right. Just trying to like, and I knew if I could get them to laugh, I'm going to be killing it with the audience. For sure. So when I played for the first time with a worship leader that was a very talented and intentional pianist like yourself, like super talented, knew way more about music than me, but also did it slack. Like he was always providing a soundtrack to whatever was happening. He was flexing those muscles and it became a weird live collaboration where it was like, I'm trying to drop those little hints and nuggets for him. And he's trying to do the same thing for me. Where every once in a while, if I got one of those, I was like, <laughs> he heard it. Yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? And it was like, <laughs> but it was making it way more interesting and moving for the congregation. But it was like a collaboration of like, like you said, no one else is going to notice, but it does make a difference. And so yeah. it's like, it's a weird way of collaborating um, with the audience or with another player that really enhances it. Cause you're right. A very easy to hit drone. And now there's buttons that say like, like you could lock it and like walk off the stage. Yeah. And it could right. play through some stuff for you. Right. Like, yeah, yeah, whatever. Yeah. I mean, we all have, <laughs> right. well, I, it's always, I'm, I would always encourage someone like do something that someone I don't know that someone else couldn't and mm. uh, meaning it doesn't have to, that doesn't sound, that sounds complicated. It's more like right. I hear chords and vibe a different way than maybe you do. 
But I think what people respond to is if I'm being authentic to what sounds great to me and making sure there's, um, I don't know, it's a sticky thing when you're like, where does your human, uh, where does art find its way into like the church and to worship and all that? And mm-hmm. then it's whether you call it art or not, it, that is what's going on. It's the expression of our fingers and our hands and our voices and our melodies and these sounds we're making, you know, I, I, I think we'll get to heaven and there might not be any drones. So I'm just going to like, I'm going to tread lightly with the, with the drone button be like, all right, it does serve a purpose. Oh, it so definitely funny. does. Um, but I, I also want to be, um, an artist and be able to move quickly and to be able to, uh, not depend mm-hmm. on anything like that. And if everything just power shut down, kind of like your situation, can I kind of roll with it? You know, yeah. can we find a piano and roll it in here and let's go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I'm, so this was like, you said a week, uh, roughly to once you started, you know, I'm assuming like once you were recording and laying everything down, but some things I'm sure in all that you've created, whether this being solo or collaborative, have you've run into obstacles in the making part um, as, you know, we're exploring just, okay, how do we get through some of those initial obstacles? Are there certain ones for you that historically pop up in terms of what Stephen Pressfield would call resistance? Mm-hmm. I would say it would be easier for me to answer, answer that question if, if I inverted it and said, has there any ever been a time where you have not felt resistance? And then I'd be like, oh, there me was too. this one time five years ago. <laughs> yeah. It's uh, it's such a constant thing. And I really do feel like, I feel like that's the really good stuff that comes out of me is usually on the other side of like, it's different for everybody, but for me, it's usually on the other side of grinding through something. And even if I have to grind through a day and I get nothing. And when I say grind through a day, my typical day, like today, when I get off of this podcast, I'm going to go home and I'm going to be pulling up, up some voice memos of this record that I'm going to start on, uh, the beginning of September. So I'm going to listen and the things I have to, you know, and he's just playing piano and vocal. So then I'm just going to start creating vibe tracks. And those are just like, is this something tracks? So I'll create a whole mock-up of like, this could be an intro. It could be this instrumentation and it's all programmed, you know, and um, grinding would be like, I get to the end of the day and I'm like, this is, I hate this. This is stupid. And then I erase it all. And then I just kind of start over the next morning with the same song or I'll get to the end. But usually what it is, is I'll get to the end of the day and I'll be like, this is good. Mm. Mm. Sometimes it's really good. And is it great? Is it special? Is it, you know, no, not really. So that's where I have a choice. And the tough part is, is the highway towards good and really good. It's like a five, six lane highway. The, I think the records that we all resonate with that have stuck with us for years and years and years, 
were made by guys that like took the exit and they're like, no, I'm going to take this exit and I'm going to go off down this road and I don't know where it's going to end up. And I'm just going to stay on this road till I find something. Mm. And sometimes they run off a cliff and, but most of the time they find somewhere musically, I'm running this metaphor in the ground, but they find somewhere musically, a small town, if you will. Um, no, but uh, they find something that's original that we haven't heard before. That's interesting. The melodies are like, what? what? That's a, that's, I would never would have thought that. Well, it's like, yeah, because you, he's not on the six lane highway that we're all trucking on. And it's that six lane highway is easy for us because we can look to our left and to our right. There's a ton of people on the highway. We're like, yeah, don't we sound great? And then this melody sound awesome. Yeah. We're giving each other a thumbs up. But then we look off the highway. They're like, oh, what's that dude doing? You know, let me listen to that. And oh my gosh, that's amazing. That's so cool. Yeah. I've driven this metaphor so far on the ground that I can't even remember the original question. <laughs> you can't get out. I can't get out. I think it's so great. I love a good metaphor. I'm okay, with you. Let me ask you this then. Do you ever find, like on days when you delete things, do you really delete it? Or do you just open up a new file and name it that with a B on the end and start yeah. again? Like, do you ever listen back a week later and go, oh, that wasn't that bad? Or are you one that if you know it's bad, it's bad. And two weeks later, if you revisit it, it's still bad. I would say, yeah, that's a good question. I'd say... I know when I'm listening to it, the stuff that I delete is stuff that sounds like everything else that okay. I know if I had to, I could kick that out again tomorrow. Yeah. The stuff okay. that I would keep and put a B on the end is like, uh, I don't know what I was thinking. That's weird. Like, what was I doing? Like, okay. why would I have done that? Well, that's the stuff that you got to keep an eye on and you put in a folder and you okay, do good. go back and listen to that and like, Actually, it's kind of cool, you know, but I'm never going to do that with like, oh, that pad and that loop. Oh, it sounds amazing. It's like, yeah. well, sounds like everything else. And we could probably kick that out in 15 minutes if we needed to. Okay. Yeah, that's good. That's good. Yeah, I think it, I find it hard. I'm not a musician, but in filmmaking or, uh, you know, doing things like uh, an audio book, for instance, right now, um, the critic part of me is hard because I think after we do it a lot, we just like, no, that's not good. That's not good. Yeah. Mm, not good. Nope. I, like, I feel like most of the stuff I'm doing, is just like average been done before. So you're just constantly shelling yourself just like, and then you don't want to keep going. So then, and then I'll wonder, well, wait a minute, how do I know when it's like really good? And the truth is, is that it resonates what you, it's like what you were saying. You just, you know, you're like, wait a minute, I have good enough taste to know this is different. It just takes freaking forever to get a glimpse of that. Uh, yeah. That's the hard part. And it's hard to not get discouraged, uh, mm -hmm. you know, as you're creating and fighting for excellence. And at the same time, knowing nothing's ever going to be perfect. And so you got to ship it eventually, you know, which is, we'll talk about with sharing. But anyway, so that's my two cents yeah, on that. I deal. totally resonate with that. And I think there is a, um, I think when we, if we keep it in the music world, when we listen to records, that everybody loves that really resonate. Like uh, I'm trying to think it's something everybody loves. Obviously T-Swift, Coldplay. If you listen to Coldplay yeah. song and it's like, oh, it's just like a drum machine and like this bass, a pad and a vocal. I mean, I don't know how they made the record, but 
I would guess that that song probably originated, you know, two years ago on a voice memo. And then they might've even gone like and tracked a full band on it, guitars and everything. And then they kind of two months later, listened to it. I don't know if it needs drums. They mute the drums, mm-hmm. mute the bass, but the guitar part that the guitar player played that he was playing with the drums, maybe they keep that. And that kind of hangs out. And they're like, well, maybe it just needs a kick drum. Then they put a kick drum with that guitar part. So it's like you never would have gotten, you know, mm-hmm. and then maybe he sang his lead vocal to the the full band version. But what we hear in the final version is just simply a guitar part, a pad, a kick drum, and a vocal. But he yeah. never would have gotten that yeah. crazy vocal if he wasn't singing to a band. But it's like we have to be up for like, just buckling up and just, it's not a straight line between me and something awe-inspiring. It's mm-hmm. just wiggles all over the place. And I fall off the cliff. I get mad. I hate this. I love this. I shouldn't do this anymore. Maybe, <laughs> just maybe I can make a living doing this. You know, it's mm-hmm. just, but we gotta be, gotta be up for it. It's, it's just, there's no straight line to it. I get that. Mm. Yeah, I love the Rick Rubin. You know, in his early days producing, he didn't take a producer credit. He called it a reducer. So he was reduced by Rick Rubin on early albums. And he said his career has always been, he comes into demos with super talented musicians. You're like Red Hot Chili Peppers coming in and and they have all these demos. And he said he would just start muting tracks. And the analogy he used that I've always stuck with, because I'm very guilty of it. He was like, a table needs three or four legs and that's it. And you could add 50 more legs to that table and right. it doesn't need it. And it, it doesn't, doesn't make it a better table, but you could do it like, I, oh, maybe it needs two more guitars and we'll A beat and we'll do it right. we'll pan them and right. we'll triple the vocals and make them sound huge. Right. He would just come right behind me, mute it all and go, you, what can it live without? What has to stay? Yeah. And then you start asking yourself those questions and you can get down to, I have four tracks and now this thing sounds amazing, but it took me way overproducing the heck out of this thing to get there. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I, so when, I resonate with that for sure. Uh, it's a pitfall that I fall yeah. into all the time. And then the next track, I try to go, well, this one, I'm going to only try to do four as if I had an old task cam four track and I'm going to yeah. start that way. And I could right. never get there. Yeah. So it's like, no, I'm going to have to take the long road. That's you got to take the long life. road. <laughs> I know. It's just no plug in. There's no like, you just yeah. got to strap in and be up for it. If you're writing, if you're painting, if yeah. you're, 10 mess ups are going to get you to that or 20 or 50 are going to get you to that one thing. And I, and I've always, my son, he's, uh, he's 23. He's producer and he's amazing. He's more in the mainstream world and, uh, he's crazy. Like I'm not even bragging. I, even just, if I didn't know him, I'd be like, look, you're so awesome. I don't even know what you're doing. You know, it's so funny growing up, he would always play me tracks when he was 11, 12, 13. And, you know, they'd be all EDM-y, you know, all these like rises and these, you know, Skrillex vibes. Buddy, that's great, man. That's awesome. (laughs) But just in the past couple of years, it's funny. He'll play me stuff. And, and, uh, I'm like, I don't even know where you started. Like. Usually I can decipher a song like, yeah, they started with that thing. Probably put that. That's how they put it. I was like, dude, I don't even know how you put that together. I don't even know what's happening. 
where's the downbeat? You know, he's like, he's like, I was, I was like, it's so cool and melodic and joyful. And he's like, really? I mean, yeah, really. It's stupid, you know, but, uh, yeah. Anyway, it's, uh, it's all, I love the re reducer producer. That's, that's such a, that's such a good thought. I fight it every time I sit down. Doesn't mm -hmm. usually it doesn't, it's not going to need more. It's probably right. going to need less. Yeah. It's good. So you've made it in this particular album. What's sharing like been for you on this one, you know, as you're, other people are hearing it and um, sending it out into the world. You know, again, for some of us, that's a super scary time. You're just like, man, I really poured uh, myself into this and now we'll see if people respond to it, which we obviously have zero control over. So what has it been like sharing uh, everywhere the river goes? Yeah. It's been, it's been great. I, I've had years and years and years of experience putting records out with my name on it, but it's, but I'm, my name's always on the back, you know, someone else's name was on the front. So if, you know, if, if it goes really well, it's like, I, then I get emails, I get calls and, you know, I'm like, Hey, if it's, you know, not great, doesn't go well, we spend a ton of money then I'm kind of like, you know, Hey. <laughs> slowly backs away uh, but, for those just as <laughs> <laughs> no i don't but but it's it's not me taking a hit basically yeah. so i think with mm -hmm. this thing it was the first time to your point that like oh wait there's nobody else and since i made there's nothing else really going on except for me on the record it's a little weird and i'm like maybe people won't and it, it's funny though to your point my biggest fear out of this whole thing because i had this project and then i had this other project going on that i'm almost done with that's much more like complicated it's much more like movie-ish it's got defined melodies and a lot of out-of-town chords and i got other musicians playing on it and it's very but the uh everywhere the river goes is like it's just very simple it's just very it's just not much going on it's just like a little bubbling stream and christy was like you should put that out first so Honestly, it's probably my biggest fear. Like, is it like too simple? Is it like, is there enough going on? You know, and that, that was kind of scary. And are people going to be like, meh, you know, is this, yeah, it's vanilla ice cream, you know, okay, great. Um, so I had to back to a Rick Rubin vibe, uh, something, I don't know where I heard him say it, but at some point he said, you, anything you put out, you, you have, you have to like it first. Mm -hmm. Uh, you can't make art hoping someone else is going to like this. Like how, sh what are they going to like? And I'm going to make it according to what mm -hmm. I think they might like. And Hey, mm -hmm. do, you know, do you like it? I have to make something, create something. Okay. I like it. It's simple, but I like it. It's, it's pretty. I mean, I would, mm -hmm. I would listen to it if I, it wasn't me. You know, mm -hmm. and I just, I was a painter or a writer. I just needed something going on. So, so yeah. So I think, um, once you get past that hurdle of like, I like it and I think it's good, then I'm not impervious to like, oh man, no one's streaming it and like no one's listening to it. But there is a certain sense of like, well, I was pretty honest and authentic when I made that, you know, and to whoever's listening to this, the art you're putting out there, 
if you're super authentic and honest about what you're putting out in the world, and then someone comes back and tells me or you, yeah, I don't like, I didn't like song five or chapters, you know, you lost me on chapter six, you know, when the character did this, it's, it's kind of like, I have this feeling of like, well, that's like you just coming up to me and telling me you don't like my nose. <laughs> it's like, well, okay. Yeah. I don't know what to tell you. It's like, it's my nose. <laughs> so that's just what it is. Um, don't read it, you know, don't listen to it. <clears throat> but uh, making sure, so that's helped me kind of just posture myself getting into this. The second thing too is this, uh, it's just crazy now. It's every week things are different on how to get your art out there. You know, whether it's, uh, you know, the normal Apple Spotify, or if you're going to go down like a Patreon thing or a Substack thing or just whatever. It's like, every, there's so many options and so many, which is great. And it's a bummer because now you have to really let people know your art is there. It's something that's really encouraged me and Christy. Uh, Christy's my wife. We release music together. I'm sure y'all knew that. You're more like, who's that guy? Um, uh, uh, we always think, man, the streams are down this week or whatever, or we don't check them, but someone would tell us, hey, let's do some something to kind of get the streams up or whatever. It's more like, it's not that our art is bad or your book is bad. It's just that people don't know it's there. Yeah. They don't know it exists. So yeah. it's not like they're saying, yeah, I read it and I hate it. Get out. You know, it's more like, oh, I didn't even know that was even there. So yeah. I think that's kind of where the work part for me kind of comes in of like, oh man, yeah. How do I let people know that this exists? And the positive side is I have had some really cool, uh, some really cool emails and texts about what this, this place, these, you know, this person was in, in life. Uh, there was a spouse in the hospital. There was a mother-in-law that was dying and th her last few. And this, this was the soundtrack to those moments. And there's another, uh, artist that a painter that, uh, I've always really looked up to. He's just, he's amazing. And, uh, he, uh, DM'd me on Instagram. I'm like, Oh my gosh, that's so-and-so. And like, Hey, hey. <laughs> and, uh, he, he said, uh, I, I love the record. I look forward to, uh, having this going in the studio. And, um, so to me, it's like, okay, well, I'm totally going to make another one because that's <laughs> awesome. You know, it's like, that's all the, I just needed one DM to be like, okay, people, I think people get it, you know, and the one guy I wanted to get it, got it, you know, so. I read a thing the other day that's so interesting of 20% um, of the entire catalog on Spotify has one or zero streams because we've gotten to a place where it costs eight bucks to put something on Spotify and have it musically, digitally distributed to every single store. So it's like, it's the wild west, uh, letting people know that it's there and then them finding it and digging through just craziness that's in there is a hurdle in itself in releasing. Yeah. So that to me, is like, that's what, that's what you're up against when you do try to put something in the world. Yeah. yeah. Uh, what I have to hold I'm, on to that helps me get through the day. And I was just watching, just watching some podcast at, or listening to a podcast. It was some movie maker guys. And, uh, they were talking about how no 
amount of social media will help a bad movie, you know. But if you put out a great movie or you put out a great record, it's going to find its way. Yeah. I have to believe it's going to find its way one way or another into people's lives. And, Mm -hmm. but no amount of social media is going to help garbage. It's just going to be garbage, but more people are going to know it's garbage. Yeah. You know, so let's focus on making amazing art, putting that out there. Try not to be too frustrated, but let's do our best to let people know it's there. Mm. Yeah. 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 That's the sharing part uh, is sometimes you can't get so wrapped up in that before even making it or, you know, you're just so Mm -hmm. concerned about how you're going to share it that you're not focusing on the making. So I love that of the, and there's a peacefulness that if you make something that resonates with you, you fought to make it great. You send it out and you just, from there, you have to let it go. You know, there's a release of it. Certainly there's some work to let people know it's there, but there's a point at which, you know, you just, you can't control what happens. Mm -hmm. And so I think that's, uh, yeah, that's just the reality of the making and sharing process. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. So we just, we got to get comfortable with it. Yeah. It's not comfortable. So Mm -mm. yeah, (laughs) that's great. Um, Well, Lauren, Coop, anything else for Nathan on this new album or? Yeah, I mean, I think it's real just helpful to to consider a lot of what you shared, especially the resistance part, because that's something that I come up against a lot. But um, just the encouragement to push through and to make something. Um, I, I love the uh, analogy of the six lane highway and the exit. It's just yeah. being comfortable, uh, being uncomfortable, taking the exit when everybody else is like coming along, going the same direction. So uh, that that's helpful for me to hear. Um, yeah, in my creating, and then the sharing part, just to to just to share it. Um, and I love what you said about you know making something not that for other people to like, but yeah. something that you like. Mm-hmm. Um, that will eventually resonate. And and even that example of, oh, okay, you don't like my nose, there's really not anything I can do about yeah, that. Right. You know, <laughs> like, this is just how God's yeah. put me together. This is how, like, I express myself. And man, if you don't like it, that's okay. There's enough yeah. art out mm-hmm. there, as we've already talked about, uh, for you to choose something different. So uh, that encourages me as someone who can be, and I'm sure many listeners might be like me, where struggle with the perfectionism part um, and can just hit resistance and thinking thinking it's just not good enough to even put out there. Um, so that that's just been helpful for me. So thanks for sharing that, Nathan. Yeah, absolutely. I, it's it's lo- it's lonely. I was gonna say the yeah. the exits taking the exits. <clears throat> yeah, are are lonely. You feel by yourself yeah. a lot. I think though, that, 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 that point of just make something you like is one of the most profound things that like, I try to stress. It's like, if you don't like it, then move on. Yeah. Don't try to make something for someone else, but also the importance of, I don't care how much you know about music theory or how accomplished you are on guitar. If you wrote something and you like it, you were like, that's kind of rad. That's getting stuck in my head a little bit. Mm-hmm. Like, that's it. 
Now yeah. go show it to somebody. Like it's the Dan Wilson, the guy from Semisonic who says like, you made something, you liked it. That means it's good. Now share it. Like it's that simple. Yeah. And so right. sometimes it's like, don't underestimate the, you liked it. Yeah. Because I feel like in today's world, in the comments, anyone can critique and comment. Like you said, I hate your nose. Like, thanks for that. That's awesome. Right. <laughs> and there's this thing of like good and bad. And I'm much more to, I dig it. I don't dig it. So it's like when people are like, I've done this talk a million times about Imagine Dragons, that they're, they're the new Nickelback as far as just getting thrown under the bus and, and beat up. And I'm like, but it's funny that people keep saying that like Imagine Dragons aren't good. And I'm like, well, five of them have degrees from Berkeley. Yeah. So they're better musicians than you. They're, they're more successful than you. Yeah. Um, they're, you know what I mean? Like, don't say they're not good. Right. Like, what are we, what are we talking right. about here? Like, you just don't dig it. And that's right. totally fine. And guess what? In that time, you went off to tell us how much you don't like Imagine Dragons. Why don't you go listen to something you do like? Right. That mm -hmm. seems more productive. And tell us about yeah. that. Yeah. And tell us what you like. Yeah. yeah. So I'm always like, man, so there's something crazy about the, I like it line that is super simple and crazy profound yeah that can solve a lot of problems yeah yeah <laughs> yeah amen yeah uh okay so again uh the album is everywhere the river goes uh it's on apple it's on spotify i'm sure it's where you like to listen to music amazon wherever you you like to listen to music you can find it uh, nathan is there a specific social handle or anything like that that you'd want uh, people to use to follow you? Just uh, on Instagram, it's just my name. Great. Nathan Knuckles. So, yeah. All super right. Simple. I love it when I tell people my email, they're like, oh man, you must have been like one of the originals. <laughs> like, I don't want to have like 65439, yeah. you know, whatever. So, yeah. Nathan Knuckles. Perfect. Yeah. Cool. Well, we'll put those links in the show notes. And uh, thanks, Nathan, for joining us and just sharing this journey of this album and a little bit of how you, you got to be where you are today. That's really been, it's been fun to get to know you some. Cool. Thanks guys. All yeah. right. We'll see you guys next time on Make a Cheer It. You see here, kid? You gotta just go for it. Don't think about what comes after or what came before. You just gotta bend your knees, take a deep breath, and jump, jump. And you might think, what if I fall? Well, what if you don't?